Today, I want to talk to you about partnering with God or partnership with God. And we're going to look at it from spiritual perspective and practical perspective. What does it mean to partner with God? And what, what, what benefits do we derive from partnership with God? This is a Holy Spirit conference and our focus is, is, uh, is on the person of the Holy Spirit and what He has come to bring to us and how He has come to... Um, how the Father has sent this gift, this precious gift from heaven so that we as Christians we would be able to live a life that Jesus died for. That we would be able to live a life that, that Jesus paid on the cross. So the benefits of the cross will be revealed to us and then we can fully, that we can walk in the fullness of God's promises in our life through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. See, when God sent His, His gift, the Holy Spirit, into our lives, he, didn't, he invested the full power and authority and full resources of heaven. See, the Holy Spirit is God. He, is unlim he, he is, has unlimited potential. He has unlimited resources, unlimited wisdom. He's omnipotent, omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time time he has resources and, and and wisdom and knowledge beyond our comprehension and understanding even the best wisdom of this world is is, is garbage is trash compared to the wisdom of God and to the resources that he has available amen and so this God at the point of our salvation the Holy Spirit comes and He lives in our spirit and this Holy Spirit, the God who lives inside of us, He wants to work with us. He wants to partner with us for us first of all to fulfill the will of God in our lives. Amen. How many you want to fulfill the will of God in your life? Come on. And He is also there to help us to live out to our full potential, to achieve our goals and dreams, our visions and our desires that God has given to us. In Jesus' name. Amen, church? And today I want to dive in a little bit and to, and to discover how to partner up with the Holy Spirit in our life. In every area in your life, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in business, in your career, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your personal spiritual life, whatever the area it is, Holy Spirit wants to be involved in every area in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen, church? God wants to do work in your life, but He doesn't do it alone. He wants a partnership. So let's dive in and discover what this partnership is. And my foundation verse for today would be from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. For we are laborers together with God. In other translations, it says, for we are laborers with God. ISV translation says the same place, we are co-workers with God. Meaning co-worker, meaning a person who works together in a similar role and similar level in an organization helping to achieve the same goal. So we have the Holy Spirit. He lives on inside of us. This God of unlimited power and resources, this God of, of, uh, of unlimited wisdom and, and help that we can have. But it's up to us how much of it will be manifested in our life. How much of His power, how much of His wisdom, how much of His uh, glory and, and anointing will be manifested in our life. Amen? And that's determined by how, 
how we listen to him, how we obey him, by our relationship with him, how much we surrender our life and today I want to look at those elements. See if you, if you were given a partnership for example with Warren Buffett, he's considered one, one of the greatest investment investors minds in the world. Thousands and thousands of people gathered together in, in uh, conventions to listen to hear and pick pick his mind and his thoughts of how the future will go how the economy will go where the different sectors of the business will go where is he investing his time and money to get an idea if they can align themselves to his thinking to his patterns so they can partner up an investment world with him and make some money in the same sense even greater we have someone greater that's living inside of us, greater than Warren Buffett, greater than any scientific mind, any business mind in this world that has this wisdom that he's willing and able to share with us. And he's the person of the Holy Spirit. He is the one that can guide us and lead us and take our life to another level in every and any area of our life. In Jesus' name. Amen. But this requires, it's not all up to God and it's not, certainly not all up to us. It's a partnership. See, God created us for, for work. When God created Adam and Eve, He placed them in the Garden of Eden. It's a paradise. It's perfect. And you, you think in a paradise and in a perfect world that there will be no need for work. But God gave him a garden to work with his hands, to to um, cultivate the garden and to be able to take care of the garden and God did that so that we could derive a satisfaction from the work of our hands. That's why it's not only, it doesn't only depend on God and His abilities in our life but it takes you and I, it takes our ability, it takes our, uh, He takes our desire, He takes our faith, He takes our creativity and he, ha he adds supernatural to our natural and this is how we work together with God to accomplish the goals, the vision, the dreams and the will of God that He has specifically for each and one of us and together corporate as a church. Amen church? Holy Spirit wants to work in you and through you, but He needs your cooperation. There's three types of people in this room and around the world. There are people that work without God. Let me give you an example. In the Bible, Peter, they went out fishing and they're fishing. See, Peter was a skilled fisherman. He probably probably wasn't his first generation fisherman. He had a lot of knowledge, a lot of ability. He uh, had a skill in this area. He practiced this area very often and he went out fishing and Bible says that after toiling all night they caught nothing. And not until Jesus came into the boat, not until another place where Jesus spoke a word and gave a word, when they partnered up together with Jesus, even in one scenario, uh, Peter, he was, he was arguing with God. He was arguing with Jesus saying, Jesus, I've been working all night. We've got nothing. I mean, I think I know my craft. I think I know my business. What, what, how, what can you offer? You're a carpenter. You are not, you're not a fisherman. But because 
he trusted in Jesus divinity and his power and authority when they casted the nets to the other side like Jesus commanded them the Bible says they caught a great multitude of fish even that their nets were breaking so there are people they work without God they they struggle in their life another example of widow in the Bible we know widow Elijah Elijah and widow we know from that scripture and from that story that her husband was a prophet as well her husband was a God-fearing man that's what that's what uh, the Bible says and he was close around a mighty prophet of God a major prophet in the Bible and that prophet uh, performed many different miracles but yet they were struggling in debt they were struggling with their finances and until the moment where her husband passed away and the debt became unbearable and a debt collector came to collect the sons as a as a collateral for their debt that she decided you know what I, we have a prophet in our midst let me go and see maybe God can do something with my situation and she decided to partner up with the anointing and with God in her situation and we know the solution that came to her situation so there are people that work with God they rely on their strength they rely on their wisdom they're self-sufficient um, and it's not the people often we think that this, these are the people that are in the world but if we check ourselves and we, 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 we examine ourselves and I want us to examine ourselves today in areas in which areas we don't rely on God which areas we're fighting we struggle and we're putting we're putting overtime but we don't involve God in that area we don't surrender the area to God we don't expect from God and his supernatural power to aid us in this area the way I check myself and I examine myself if I've surrendered that area and a partner with God is that I check my expectancy do I expect God to do something extraordinary in my business extraordinary with my family extraordinary in my marriage in my ministry what is my expectation because often we limit God in the box of the ministry you know we, we pray we expect God to heal people because obviously we have no power to heal we expect people we expect God to deliver people we expect God to bless and bring breakthrough into people because it's an obvious area where we need God but what about family what about our marriage what about our business and our education the way to me the way I, I check myself is that do I expect God to move in that area and what is my expectation are they clear-cut am I am I waiting for God to move together with me as I do my part as I go study as I go get that another certificate another diploma and by and you know I do my part but I expect God to open a door into the comp and give me promotion in that company or I you know I I uh, open open a business and I expect God to bring contracts and and uh, bring uh, you know bigger better contracts bring employees and 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 expand my territory expand my business in the area of family and ministry where do I have expectancy for God to move because when you expect God to move this is where you will have trust in him this is where you have to have faith in him this is where you in partnership with God amen there's other category of people they expect God to do everything for them and they sound something like this and this is more religious folks well if it's God's will for me to be healed I will be healed 
if it's God's will for me to be prosperous, I will be prosperous. I will sit on a couch, eat Cheetos, watch Netflix, and God's going to drop a sack of gold. And, uh, or wise men will come from the east and will come and say, you're the mighty man of God. He is a gold, frankincense, and mirth. And, and bow before you and say, do, uh, you know. But that's not, <laughs> that's not how it happens. And so there's this kind of mindset, especially in a, in, in, a, in a religious world, if something doesn't work out, well, I guess God doesn't want me to be well. I guess God doesn't want my family to be well. God is using this situation to, to test me, to try me. And, and they come up with a whole bunch of excuses and a whole bunch of, um, a, lot of, a lot of excuses so that they don't have to actively participate with their faith working with God, standing in faith, believing, praying, interceding, um, taking risks, taking steps of faith to work with God. The problem with these two mindsets though, the problem with these two mindsets is they develop this, um, they develop this attitude. First category of people is that they develop this arrogant and prideful attitude. When things go well, they give themselves credit. Because they rely on themselves. They don't realize that God is the one that sustains them. That God is the one that uh, helps them. For example, the king of, king of Babylon said, look at what I have established. Look at the kingdom. Look at, look at the might, the riches, the sources. And God showed him and turned him pretty much into an animal or like an animal. And he was running for seven years like a wild beast eating grass. That's what the attitude, when you are self-sufficient, when you involve God, you are all just working on your own strength, you don't have an attitude of gratitude. You are not thankful because, I mean, why would you be thankful if you never involve Him in the first place, right? The problem with the second kind of mindset is that whenever, the mindset of if it's God's will, if everything goes well, they're grateful but if things start going bad their health they got sick if they you know they start losing money they got laid off things not going well with their family they begin to blame God for their trouble they begin to ask God why why is this what have I done to deserve this and that's that's the problem with these two types of people is one day they're prideful and self-sufficient they don't thank God they don't realize that they're sustained by God himself the other category of people he blames God for the struggles instead of taking responsibility asking God working with God and asking God this question where have I missed you where have I missed an opportunity God help me in this area to go further to go to work with you help me to, to get out of this rut help me to get out of this uh, you know help me to be well help me to get my family back together and things things like that um, and so today I want to focus on the category of people those that choose to work with God God doesn't want God doesn't want to work alone because if he does everything for you you will lose self of you will lose that satisfaction of seeing things done and work in your life. You will lose self-worth. You will lose self-identity because if God does everything for you, you're like a couch potato. Useless. No purpose. No meaning. And so God created us in a sense where we can work together with Him and where He aids us. And at the same time, we find satisfaction and pride in the work of our hands. Amen, church? So God is looking to partner with you. And like we said... He requires your desire. 
He requires your input, your creativity, your effort and your faith. Let me give you an example. Jesus comes to the pool of Bethesda. And there is a man laying, waiting to be healed. But he's been there for so long that he already knows the reason why he can't be healed. He already has all the excuses. He already got accustomed to his pain. You know, when you're surrounded with pain, what they say, uh, misery, uh, co company loves misery. Uh, misery loves company, right? So when you're, when you're in a place where everybody's miserable, your misery doesn't seem too bad, right? So he's in this place. He's there for a very, very long time, for many years. Jesus comes to him and he says, do you want to be well? If it was me, heck yes. Yes, Jesus, I want to be well. I've been here for so long. Please help me. But instead, this man, he's so accustomed to his, to, to his situation. He's, he's, he accepted as a will of God for his life. He begins to bring a bunch of excuses why he is not well. And until Jesus heard from him, yes, I want to be healed. Until he saw his faith, not until that moment that Jesus was able to heal him. God requires your faith. He requires your earnest, deepest desires. He requires your commitment. He requires your desire. He requires you to work with Him to accomplish His will in your life, to accomplish the desire that He placed in your heart in Jesus' mighty name. Can I hear an amen? amen. Say, God, say, God wants to work with me. When people begin to work with God, miracles begin to happen. As we mentioned, Peter told all night, worked on his own strength, his own might, his own wisdom. Jesus comes in on the scene, he gives him one word, and then he receives a massive breakthrough. I remember in, in person in my life, when I've, I've purchased the land, a large land, and kind of stepped out by faith. I didn't have money to, to develop it. I didn't have money to do anything with it and I needed over 400,000 to just to develop it to put infrastructure and and put everything in and I didn't have that money and so I've had some education in, in real estate through different seminars different books different things so I tried every trick in a book that possibly could come up with called people, tried to find investors and this and that. And literally, I tried every trick in the book that I knew of. Maybe there's more, but I tried a lot. And there was, there was just nothing. I came to the end of myself and I came to God one morning. I still remember it clear. And I said, God, you know, I took a step of faith. I did what you asked me to do. I purchased that land. I knew I didn't have the money to do it, but I felt like it was, you know, you're prompting and to do that maybe I was wrong maybe it was my ambitions I don't know but God I'm attending myself and I need help I can't do it without you I need you and I remember so clearly after I finished praying just spend time with God I got a phone call no more than 30 minutes after that prayer and the person that I talked to I, I, this project took some some years to 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 come into fruition a person that I talked to maybe a year before that that I will potentially have some land to sell and things like that calls me he says hey do you still have uh, do you have that land do you you thinking to sell it we're looking to buy it 
I was like, well, as a matter of fact, yes, we were at this point. We're ready to do it. And so they're like, we're ready to, we're ready to do it. Uh, do you want cashier's check or just a check? I was like, wow. And it's a large sum, you know, it's a large sum of money, $63,000. Then literally not even an hour later, another person calls a relative of theirs and says, hey, I heard my relative bought a land from you. Are you selling? Can I buy a land from you? I said, yes, I'm sure, same thing. I'll have a cashier check ready before the end of the week. And that day I got three phone calls. And then with that, with that, within that week, I got enough money to move forward the project. And this is really what it means on a practical level to partner with God, take a step of faith and commit your ways to God. And God comes through when you've gone to the end of yourself, God steps in and he does the rest in Jesus name. Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus. In the story of, in the area of, of, of family, you know, some people, they get married, they have kids, and they, they raise their kids the best that we, they know how. And most likely they raise their kids the way they were raised because that's just, you know, you, you only do what you know best. And uh, in, our, in, our, in our case, me and my wife, when we, you know, we, we got married and then we started having kids, uh, particularly my wife, she was, she was determined to be the best mom she can be for the kids. And we want to be the best parents that we could be for, for our children. In, in this area, the way it looked like for us to partner with God is that we were praying for our kids. We pray with our kids every time before we go to bed. And not only that, but on the other side, we would listen to podcasts. We would listen to, uh, to people in our lives that we see a good example of the family. How they deal with kids. How they address different issues. How they discipline. How they did this and that. We went to uh, marriage seminars. Family seminars. We read the books. And this is how we partner with God in the area of, of, of family. To help God and in all, involve God to raise our children. So the children when they get to their 20s and 30s. They don't take five, seven years and go through inner healing and deliverance process trying to work through the wounds and the hurts that, that they received. But they can step into the fullness of calling of God in their life. And, and what was our ceiling is now their floor and they going and running faster, further and, and, and more tenacious for God. And in every area, I know a, a person in, um, that was going in, into my home group and he was going to school and one particular, one particular subject, math, was, was very difficult for him. And he would put in studies and, and he would try to study this, uh, this subject and it just, you know, at best he was, he was doing C's and then he needed to, in order to get into college, he needed to uh, bump his GPA to a, certain, to, a, to a certain threshold. And one of the subjects that was struggling with, that was bringing him down, was that math subject and so he, I remember we prayed uh, during our home group and he began to pray and he began to ask God give me clarity give me wisdom give me understanding of the subject give me understanding of this uh, of, of the curriculum and I remember particularly one time he he witnessed he said that uh, he was studying hard for the for the exam and as he was studying at night he fell asleep and in the dream he we're seeing the math problems. He was solving the math problems. It's like God was guiding him. And the, the, the interesting part is that the next day that when he went to college to take the exam, it was exactly the same problems that he was solving in the dream. But 
But see, if you don't expect from God, if you don't, if you don't put God to test in those areas, if you don't have a desire and, and, and faith and expectation for God to be involved in an area, He would have had to do it on His own. In every area where we don't consciously involve God, where we don't consciously ask Him and expect from Him and have faith for, in that area, He will not move. It's like, you know, it's like a, if I can compare this, it's like a crane, big crane, huge crane. There's cranes that can lift literally buildings. And it's like a, you know, you're trying to, you know, lift a big boulder or, or, or um, move this big boulder out of your way in your life. And you can try it with your own strength. You can push it, you can shove it, you can do whatever you want. But you can bring a crane on the scene, get in in the cab, push a few levelers and a few buttons and that's, that thing that you were struggling with so much is moved with an ease. See, in partnership with God, in partnership with the Holy Spirit, He is the one that's doing the heavy lifting. He is the one that's doing the heavy-duty work. You are the one that's just surrendering to the power, wisdom, and might of the Holy Ghost. Yes, it still will require you to get into the cab. Yes, it will still require, you know, I've, I've seen, I was at New York and there was this huge, huge skyscraper that was being built. And then there was this ladder. I mean, I want to say, I don't know, 80 floors, 90 floors to climb up to the top of the to the top of the crane and I'm like poor guy that has to work there <laughs> how does he take bathroom breaks how, do, how does he eat okay maybe he can you know put up some uh, uh put put some food for his lunch there because I mean you know it's not a stairs you know nice stairs that you kind of go 90 floors that's a lot but it's a vertical climb for 90 floors I, I was like how does he, you know, go to the bathroom? That, that was my concern actually. And so my point here is that there is work that you will have to do. And oftentimes God's ways that he pushes you to the end of yourself. Then you say, God, I've done all that I can. Now it's only you or nothing. And then God is never late to people that fully trust in him, that fully abandon in him. He does not forsaken or leave those that trust in him with all of their heart in Jesus name. Can I hear an amen in this place? The Bible says Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Notice the word do. I do, he strengthens. I do, he strengthens. I do, he strengthens. Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 and 8 says that I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Notice that Apostle Paul says I have done these things. This is my work. But then the results and the fruit of his ministry we see many people got saved. Many churches got planted. Many people got healed. Many people got delivered. But Apostle Paul says that I had to do my part. I ran the race. I fought a good fight. In, in another scripture, I think earlier there, he begins to describe the things that he had to do. The hunger that he had to suffer. The, the, the shipwrecks that he had to suffer. The disappointments that he encountered. The beatings that he received. All the things Apostle Paul says, I had to do it. 
as God gave me the strength and then we see the things that he was that the results of the ministry where God stepped in and today because of, of, of his faith in going preaching to Gentiles we are here today celebrating his life and we receive the gospel of Jesus Christ amen church let's put our hands together for Jesus Christ you have to do your part you do the possible God does the impossible is in 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 Jesus name we work if everything is is though is is though if everything depends on us we pray and trust in God is if, if everything depends on him amen church I want to just take three steps practically how we work with God first thing is God works through his principles in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1 says this if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all of his commandments his principles I give you today the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth God gives us his principle the way we partner with God is we take his word and we apply the principles of God into our life God wants to show himself powerful through his word and through his principles like for example being a giver giving our tithes and our offerings be a sacrificial person taking care of the poor and the windows because Bible says whoever lends to the poor lends unto God it's the principle of God you want to prosper you want God to be in debt to you well let me put it this way God is never in debt to anybody he will always repay and he repays with a high interest okay but that's one of the principles of God when you give when you're a giver God says the measure that you measure will be measured unto you shaking uh, pressed down together shaking together God says whatever you do unto the least will be done to you that's a principle of God the other principle of God is for example um, uh, blessing the nation of Israel because in one of the things when God blessed Abraham says whoever blesses you will be blessed so when we pray you know maybe not every single time but anytime you remember you can bless the nation of Israel pray for peace in Israel pray for peace in, in a Jewish uh, community we know if you watch the news there's constantly conflict there's constantly problems there's constantly different different things it seems like as though the whole world hates uh, Israel and so we as, as, as the children of God we understand the importance of that nation we must pray for them and Bible says as you pray for them God will bless you another principle for example respecting authority Bible says if you honor your parents you will live long and you will prosper right uh, honoring your spiritual authorities honoring your your uh, <clears throat> civil authorities that's another principle of God there's many but just let me let, let me list few uh, uh, hard work for example especially in in a book of Proverbs uh, we see that uh, people uh, God encourages us to work hard in, there's even scriptures in the Bible that says that lazy people shouldn't work that's not your socialism the new thing that 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 some of our politicians are pushing there's been not there won't even be socialism in paradise in heaven there's gonna be ranks there's gonna be crowns and there's gonna be rewards not everybody's gonna be equal okay so God tells us to work hard with our hands and if we work hard it will be diligent we will prosper amen and then one other principle you know for example um, a lot spoken in the Bible about our character and integrity if we cheat we lie we cut corners and you expect to be blessed you will not be because that's the principle of God that's God's word you break in his principle 
You know, God calls us to be honorable. God calls us to have walked with integrity. God walks us to, tells us to walk in righteousness and holiness. Amen, church? So when we follow the principle of God, we will prosper. Principle, principles of God, they bring progress. So write that down. Principle brings progress. In Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 to 30, there's a story where a rich young ruler, Bible says, comes to Jesus and says, Lord Jesus, what should I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus says, you know, honor your mother, father, you know, and he lists some ten commandments. Listen to what the rich ruler says. I have followed all of these from my youth. And Jesus says, well done. So I want you to notice something from this story. That his success, being young, being a ruler, being successful, being in position, his progress came as a result of him following the principles of God. When you follow the principles of God, you will have progress in your life in Jesus' name. Okay? I have three P's for you. The second P, promptings. You have to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, it says this. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. Things that you have to pay attention to is the promptings of the Holy Spirit to do something. That he's calling you to do for example i already shared with my with the land that i've purchased you know god put on my heart to to give an offer and to buy the land but i didn't have the money i didn't have money to buy it i didn't have money to to develop it and, and build it but after three weeks wrestling with this voice i said god okay i'll do it so you just leave me alone that's the only reason really that i did this and so i went and and, and made an offer long story short the offer got accepted and then I received this breakthrough in my life. See, when you follow promptings of the Holy Spirit, you will experience breakthrough. When you follow, when you live principle by, by the principles of God, you will have progress in your life. But when you follow promptings of God, you will discover breakthrough in your life. You will walk in into the breakthrough in your life. God will tell you to do something. It will be risky. It will require faith. It will require, you know, a lot of, sometimes it will look weird. It will look nuts. It will look, you know, God will put on your heart, go pray for this person. But on outside, it doesn't look like the person needs help. It looks like they're healthy and everything. And then, you know, it's an awkward situation. Like, you know, we're, we're here in the park chilling. You know, why do I want to disturb these people? But you follow the prompting. You come and say, hey, uh, is there anything that I can pray for? Is it, can I pray for something? And they say, you know what? I'm suffering with, with, uh, with cancer. I'm suffering with leukemia, this and that. You pray for them. God heals them. And there's a great miracle. Life is saved. Why? You receive that breakthrough. is because you follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And it applies in every area in your life. It applies in, I remember, you know, my wife's story, how she got, received promotion, is that she received a prompting to apply for this position. She was not qualified. They needed four years of degree in that area, in IT, and four years of experience. She had none of it. But she followed the prompting. It was crazy. It was impossible. She had nothing attached to her resume uh, to, to prove her for qualification. But she got the job. When you follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, you will experience breakthrough. And the last P is, is prayer. Prayer produces supernatural in your life. In Matthew chapter 7 verse 7 says, Ask and I will give it to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. In Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. And John, uh, John chapter 14 says, ask, 
you can ask anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, but we must ask. Let me give you two examples. Israelites in captivity for 400 years. They know of the prophecy that said that they will be in captivity for 400 years and they will walk out of that land of, land of slavery. 400 years passes but nothing happens. Not until they realized and the, the God kind of moved the situation uh, to harshen their, re, their, their life in such a way where they begin to cry out and pray to God for a deliverer for deliverance. And when they begin to pray, God sent Moses. And the other story, Daniel is also with Israelites in captivity. But Daniel, he discovers by the, through the books of prophets that the, the season for the captivity is only 70 years and he calculated that it's time that it's come the time is coming up so Daniel instead of waiting well let's see if God's gonna do something about it well he said it he should do it right the prophecy was spoken let's see if they're true prophet of God if they're true prophet of God they should come to pass but see see uh, Daniel he didn't act like that he wasn't passive with the prophecy he wasn't passive with God he engaged in prayer and fasting with God even when it cost him his life or would have cost him his life Apostle Paul says fight according to your prophecies just because you receive the word of prophecy in your life that doesn't mean it's automatic it's going to come to pass it's a desired will of God but now you have to pray so that the practical will of God will be manifested in your life in your business in your family and in your career God wants you to be active with him in the first story Israelites they overstay their captivity until they realize they gotta pray in a, in a, in a story of Daniel they they served their time according to the prophecies and they left the captivity and so today I want to encourage you to engage with God in prayer commit your business commit your family commit your life commit your ministry pray through pray it out in prayer engage in spiritual warfare in the story of Daniel we'll see that that the prophecies of God was true the word of God was true but there was a power that was there was a principality in the air that had to be addressed there's a power and principality that were hanging to that were blocking the answer from God angel said that from the first day you prayed I was dispatched but delay came as a result of spiritual forces. Oftentimes the reason why we're not able to step in into the promise of God, step into the prophecy that, we, that, that was spoken over our, over our lives. The reason why we don't step in into the fullness of the calling of God in our life because lack of prayer, because lack of warfare, lack of confronting the powers and principalities and forces of darkness in our life and we stay dormant, we stay, we, we experience setback and delay and we question well maybe that wasn't God who spoke maybe it's a false prophet well maybe you need to get on your knees and fight for the word of God that was spoken over your life 